Welcome back to the podcast. This week's episode of our weekly Talking Points live show uh, across both our Facebook and YouTube channels. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead, like, subscribe those so you get to see the live show, get involved. The more people that do, the better the show is. Uh, we talk all things, obviously, heading into finals week one, but we do talk about who's had the worst season between, obviously, South Sydney, Cowboys and the Eels, all three who made the preliminary final last year. Obviously, very tough to see them not in the final series this year. Uh, should Sydney sides play at the big three stadiums, this caused quite um, connection on both our Facebook accounts, Instagram accounts, uh, social media accounts, basically, and the, the podcast, the show. So get involved and listen to this one. Um, player that we think will absolutely set the final series on fire for the finals week one. We go through each game and give our winners as well. And then we have our player of the year awards for each individual team. So we go through the best player for each team. Um, very different, uh, very so great talking point as well. So, and if you haven't already, please go ahead, give us a like, subscribe uh, on our podcast, Spotify and iTunes. Got a YouTube account as well. You should see all our shows on uh, video version as well. And then, as I said, social media, so like Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're on all of them, so TikTok. So just go ahead, give us a like, follow. It really is appreciated. It's free. We don't charge you anything. Just goes a long way to supporting the channel. And one final shout-out, our new League of Inches hats. Please go ahead to our online store um, or via Instagram or Facebook shop. Go ahead, get yourself either a navy blue or a white hat. Enjoy the episode. Once again, thank you for all the support. We could, welcome back, everyone. <laughs> we are live, the live show, League of Inches, finals week one edition, talking points. Um, you name it, we're doing it tonight. It's, it's going to be a good show, a bumper show. Lots to talk about. Obviously, finals week one for us, footy tragics uh, is sort of like a extended Christmas time. It's one of the best times of the year. Uh, I love this time of year. It starts to warm up. Barbecue gets cranking. People come over, a bit of drinks, and, and watch the footy. How good is it? Um, look, we're going to talk, obviously, about the finals, talk about some of the teams that haven't made it either. Um, obviously, some talking points coming out of that as well. Um, but performances of the week, we'll get to uh, straight off the bat. I'll go first. Look, I've got the NRL. Got the Penrith Panthers is my performance of the week. It's pretty remarkable. Three out of the last four minor premierships they have won. So they've clearly been the benchmark of this competition for some time now. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what they have to come in this final series and seeing who can rise up to their level and take him down. So, um, yeah, well done to the Penrith Panthers, as much as it pains me to actually say that. Uh, NRLW, I like to say the Dragons, who just absolutely smashed the Cowboys up there at Townsville and finally put together um, probably their best footy, uh, which we haven't seen from the Dragons since this competition has started this year. And they keep teasing us about it. But, yeah, I'll finally good to see, see him um, get up there and, and get a really good win. So, Adam, go to you now, your performances of the week. Oh, was there footy on on the weekend, was it? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise. I thought it, I thought I thought the season had finished. Yeah, um, Maitland won. That's the yeah, I was say, My performance of the week was the Maitland Pickers um, being up 38-0 at halftime in the grand final. was a pretty outstanding performance. But if you want to look at the NRL and if anyone remember that was on, um, I was just actually really impressed with Manly. Um, just because it was this, actually one of the most entertaining games to watch I've seen in a long time um, as a neutral. And that free-flowing kind of not really giving a shit because both their seasons are over. Even the Tigers played some entertaining footy. It was actually just a great attacking game of footy. Uh, look, 
obviously give a shout to the Roosters as well. I thought they were pretty good. Um, got the job done there over South Sydney. And my individual performance of the week was actually Sam Walker. Um, Honourable mentions to Kieran Foran, who I gave a rap last week, scoring a hat-trick. The game against the Dolphins, he's really turned back the clock. Sorry, against the Dolphins. Wow. That game against Canterbury for <laughs> um, the Gold Coast, he really turned back the clock. So how much footy I watched today. I watched a lot of highlights. Um, and the NRLW performance of the week, well, I, I'm going to be 100% honest, I didn't watch any. <laughs> I had a very busy weekend. Okay. The wedding wedding on Saturday um, and Father's Day on Sunday, I didn't get to watch any NRLW. But look, I can pretend I did um, and I'll just look it up and say, who had a really good win? Oh, wow, let's look. and let's. Adam loves footy. Um, oh, how about those Dragons, hey? 48-16 wins over the Cowboys, very impressive. Well, how about those Roosters who demolished Parramatta? So Parramatta got demolished again 46-12. I like that. I like that one. Jez, take it, take it over for us for this one. All right. I've, uh, I've gone with some individual uh, results. So the NRL, I've got Dom Young breaking the record uh, and the, the way that he did it too with that freakish try with, included a backflip. Now, I had to watch this game on highlights because we were at a wedding. So it was nice to see that one at about quarter past midnight. Um and then I've got Grant Anderson. He's a local, he's a Newcastle boy. I went to uni with his brother. We're good mates. And he scored a double, but his intercept try was really, really fantastic for the Melbourne Storm. So Grant Anderson as well. My NRLW was Caitlin Johnson, the tackle, the shot that she put on in that game. Uh, nobody's getting through her. She absolutely flattened her and it was fantastic to see. So she gets my tackle of the round. Taught her everything she yep. knows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my cousin as well. So shout out. Love you, cuz. Good to see you playing some good footy. She's not really. It's just an inside joke I keep having with everyone. Um, look, we obviously want to talk about the finals and, and things like that. But uh, I want to first bring up three teams that have had some disappointing seasons uh, for their own standards and what probably a lot of the fans actually felt like would have happened with them this year. And They'd be definitely lining up this weekend and playing a game of, of rugby league, which I haven't done so. And um, that's I want to ask you boys, who's had the worst season out of South Sydney, the Cowboys and the Eels? And you could probably mount valid cases for all three of these. So it's going to probably be hard to narrow down to just one. But I want to see if you boys can do Jez, I'll let you take this away first, being the non-fan of this group. Yeah, look, I had to look up a couple of things to try and split them because as you're saying, it's really hard to split their seasons with, you know, South last year finished seventh on the ladder, um, fourth for Parramatta, third for the Cowboys. Oh, and then where they are now, like they're still in and around each other. I had a look at their points for and against. And again, there wasn't much difference happening there. Their completion rates was probably the only difference where the Cowboys have completed 80% in comparison to 74 and 75%. Average points four are very close as well. Like all teams averaging about 24 points a game, but then conceding the same amount as well. It's so hard to split hairs. When you think of expectations, you probably look at Parramatta and probably cast a bit more of a magnifying glass on their season just from where they finished last year, all the dramas that have been happening there as well. But then you can't forget that the Cowboys and Souths were also in the quarters. And the talent that is spread across these three teams, they should be in the finals, all three of them. Um, so it's it's so hard to split hairs here. Uh, but just in comparison on 
who was in the grand final last year, you'd have to say Parramatta. Yeah, it's a hard one to argue. Let's see if Adam has a go go back for that one. Yeah, I disagree. Um, look, it's okay. easy to say Parramatta, and obviously I'm the most disappointed that Parramatta aren't there, but the fact you've got three prelim finalists that have missed out in the finals, they've all really had failures. Um, look, the Cowboys I expected, um, given being up there last year for that prelim final, I actually expected the Cowboys to drop off a bit because – they won so much of their many of their games last year based on forward dominance, and it's hard for forwards to get up for games and do that every single year um, and every single game. You know, like they did last year. Like they were just some of the run meters last year for the Cowboys were absolutely ridiculous. And you, know, you had Jeremy Nene coming in and in his first season. We hear about the second season how much players struggle. Um, obviously, Tom Lowe out injured as well. So I expect the Cowboys to drop off a bit. So I wouldn't put it as them. Um, Parramatta, I can make excuses for them. Obviously, the draw um, is an excuse. We know they were screwed around for the draw, and no one can deny that. The short turnarounds, uh, the amount of five-day turnarounds after playing big games, like I can give you a really good example of I'm going to get it up because I need to find it, but a time where we played on the Monday against the Bulldogs, I think it was, or the Sunday against the Bulldogs, and then had to go to the Friday night and play North Queen, sorry, play Brisbane in Darwin. Like, that's just ridiculous. That should never happen. You know, it's a five-day turnaround to go from Sydney to Darwin. And the whole point we take the game to Darwin is to um, expand the game and do stuff for the community up there and shit. So, you know, little things like that just aren't – it's why I can scratch Paramount away from it. And obviously the season they had with injuries and suspensions, I, I'm making a lot of excuses. And it was disappointing because, let's be honest, there was a lot of games that just didn't turn up. But if you go look at South Sydney, um, given what they did last year in South Sydney – have been pretty much consistent prelim finals or grand finals for about five or six years now. If you go look at South Sydney, I had them to win the comp after round 11, um, up until they played us pretty much. When we well, exposed they were them. sitting first after round 11, weren't they? Uh, they weren't yeah. first, I don't think, but I think they were favourites to win the comp. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if they're actually first. They were up there around that, but it was really close. They were playing there. good footy. They were playing really good footy. You're probably right. I think there was a time where there was them, Penrith and Brisbane, all on equal amount of points up the top. Because Penrith, Penrith went first for quite a while, and they just obviously went that run where they didn't lose games. But if you look at South Sydney's opening, they played Cronulla at Shark Park and won that game. They got beat by Penrith. They got beat by the Roosters. And they played Manly, and they got beat by Melbourne. Then they went on like a bit of a glory one. They played the Bulldogs and beat them by 50. They played the Dolphins, who started to struggle with injuries. They played – they beat Penrith. They beat Brisbane, they beat Melbourne, they beat the Tigers. You know, they yeah. went on that run where they just knocked off Penrith, who will finish first. Yep. Brisbane, who will finish second, and Melbourne, who will finish third. So if I'm their fans, I'm looking back at that. And two of those games are at Suncorp Stadium, they add as well. I'm looking back at that and going, shit, we've just knocked off the best teams in the comp that finished one, two, and three. Yeah, we haven't made finals. So I, I think that's the biggest failure and the biggest disappointment there. I think they've actually got some big issues too. Um, just watching their team, I think they'll struggle. I know they've got White coming in next year, but they need to make some changes, move the trail to the centres, and White's got to go to fullback or something. Because what I did see on Friday night's game is Cody Walker's getting on and he's struggling to control the team, and Ilias isn't quite up to being in controlling half. So I can't see CCS making the eight next year. Yeah, I think you make you both make valid valid um, arguments for, for both teams. I think it's a pretty level playing field for both of those outfits. For me personally, I sort of agree there with what Adam's saying about the Cowboys. I think they overachieved last year um, and they've sort of come back to where they were predicted to finish last year. So it's sort of, it's sort of balanced itself out with where people think the Cowboys are actually at um, as a team. I'll talk about the, the, um, the Rabbitohs first and, 
obviously we've seen a lot of issues come out of that place the last couple of weeks, the infighting. Honestly, I'll come out and say now, I'll be surprised if by the end of next year, Jason Demetrio is still the coach there of South Sydney. Uh, I think he's a dead man walking. I think it's crazy to think that South Sydney, look, they might be doing stuff internally now, but with how this season has ended for South, to think that their coach is still there next year, I feel like it's almost irreparable of what has happened there and how he can fix the rumblings that have come out, the truths that have come out. I don't know how he comes back from that and actually gets the players back and and fixes everything. It just seems like he's totally lost the dressing room. I don't think he can come back from that. I, I would personally look at replacing him now. Um, I'd probably be on the phone to Sam Burgess straight away and asking him to stay in. I think he's the man for the job, but it'll be interesting to see if South Sydney can make those decisions um, and what happens in the off-season. I think we haven't heard the last yet of South Sydney. Uh, I think there'll be a lot lot of noise coming out of the um, camp in the next few months, and it'll be interesting to see what actually happens there. Um, Parramatta, obviously me and Adam being fans, we've had these chats already at the, the Talk and Para podcast, but I think now that everything's settled down and I get to actually watch some finals footy and, and enjoy it for once and not being on the edge of my seat and, and having heart attacks every time, it's made me think about things a lot more and see things and the emotion's been taken away from it and I was really disappointed as a fan. But when I look back at it, like they were literally grand finalists. Where was the fire? Like I know there's excuses there to say the draw wasn't kind, the suspensions and things like that. A lot of those are self-inflicted, like suspensions, self-inflicted. Injuries and how we've managed it as a club, self-inflicted. I don't think we've managed injuries at all well this year. And players like Junior Paulo, you could tell, was quite fatigued most of the year. Why didn't we let him rest and, and have a week off like other clubs have done with some of their star players? So that's my question there for, for the Eels. We're like, doesn't seem like any player apart from probably Gutho and Moses actually had that genuine fire this year and maybe Will Penasini, sorry, but we just sort of gave up too too easy. It was sort of like we just let people or, or teams dictate to us where we should be coming out saying we're going to win the comp this year. You're We're going to be hunting everyone. We're, I don't care if you come at us, but we've got a way to over, overlook that. We look at teams like the Storm and, and some of the other big teams this year. They've all had players out for a, a period of time and, and big name players. So I just don't buy the whole, we've had injuries, it's it's, it's sort of all happened. We should be a club now. Our depth should be bigger than that. Like, which if we lose one or two players, big whoop. Like, we're acting like Sean Lane was a massive loss. Well, yeah, okay, last year was good. But if we don't have another one or two good second rows coming through, young ones that can take over that for when we need them, then the club's got some massive issues there. So there's, there's I think no there's no doubt it was shithousery, but one thing I can guarantee is, like, like you said, it was a tough draw. But it was a tough draw last year and we won those games. But yeah. one thing I can guarantee is, after all the scrutiny this year, that Parramatta will start next year a lot better because they'll get a shitload easier draw. Yeah. yeah. Well, Do you think it's a, a strength and conditioning issue at Parramatta? 100%. Like the programs that they're yeah. running there, you can just see that the <clears throat> the run meters aren't where they should be. And the Junior Polo thing, I know we've bagged on him a little bit, but... I, I reckon it's a bit of a strength and conditioning issue and whoever's in control of that needs a needs a bit of a wake-up call issue, and, and maybe a revamp of the program. The issue with the club is honest, that yeah. Brad Arthur doesn't agree with someone. It would be an assistant coach, a strength mm-hmm. and conditioner, blah, 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 blah. They're gone. And that's been a yeah. theme now for nine <clears> or ten years. So uh, that's where they obviously have big issues and I think they need to probably look at putting potentially a coaching director in, um, someone sitting above Brad Arthur to make those decisions because – 
there's clearly some kind of problem there. I think as well, and not just Parramatta related, but a lot of clubs this year, I think they use it as a bit of a cop-out was the World Cup. And I think that's where a lot of the strength and conditioning has come into it, where some of the teams that were poor at that part of it and maybe pushed the players too hard early on instead of letting them ease through the start of the, the preseason and, and really working up to a base instead, they've sort of really been affected and impacted by what's happened here and play like teams like it's funny we're talking about three of the clubs where the cowboys were one where i think they've dealt with the world cup well at all um a lot of their players look fatigue early early on in the in the year which is crazy to think as we just said i think paramedics that's a big issue for, for the club as well so the world cup i think was a nice excuse for a lot of teams early on and then they quickly realized hang on we've given everyone too much of a head start now, what, what are we going to do? We've got ourselves sort of against the wall now and we can't come back from it while teams like the Warriors and stuff who a lot of these teams would have been banking on to come back to the pack kept going and they had easier runs at the time and things like that and they just kept winning. They kept getting two points. So uh, same like the Raiders. The Raiders just kept getting those wins that they needed at the right time to just keep them away from the pack that was chasing. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. But look, let's go on. Yeah, Sorry, Jez. Um, I was just going to ask, how long does um, Demetrio have left in his tenant chair at at South? Like, what's his contract? Is well, this is the interesting thing. With and no how long has he been in charge for? He well, since Bennett left. When, when he was that? Yeah, right. I think it was. I was two, two years. It's his second, second year. Yeah. Second year. Second year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think he's technically off contract. This year, but apparently there's been a three-year extension signed, but nothing's been official yet. So this is what's amazing. Yeah. No, they don't. And three years, there you go. And with just with all the drama that's happening out of there, it's it's that's going to be really hard to come back from. It's going to be a massive PR stunt. Like it's going to be borderline the Bulldogs going and going into soup kitchens on Mad Monday sort of gear. Like they're they're going to have to rally and really show uh, the public that. I know, but that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to show, no, 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 we're all fine here. We're all friends. We love each other because there's been too much leakage come out of that club around the dramas involving Mm -hmm. certain key players, certain key coaches. And you can see by them being moved on that there is a lot of drama happening behind those doors. I heard one of the reviews from that thing said that they look so desperate and sad and struggling so much, said John, who's been homeless for five years. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, we'll, we'll talk about this probably map in one of the hotels. We do a couple of these episodes, but I think there's some key positional changes needed at that club as well, but we'll get to that in future episodes. Um, Look, let's talk about, it's a big talking point this week, and I'll put a post up about it, generated a lot of interest, there's a lot of people going back and forth. It's pretty evenly split where this is at, but should Sydney Slides play home games for the final series at either Combank, Allianz, or in a... Drastic, where it's probably two powerful Sydney clubs, are uh, a core stadium. So I just want to give some examples and some numbers here. So this weekend, we've got obviously points bet, which is getting a lot of talk about this. It holds about 14 to 15K capacity. I also want to throw in uh, Blue Bet Stadium here, which I think has been sort of swept under the rug, but that's only about 22,000 as well capacity. Um, now, look, the other three stadiums, which are brand new almost stadiums, or two of them are Combank 30K, um, Jesus, Jesus, is yeah. I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. Don't worry, yeah, we'll fix sorry. that up later. Um, I'm still here. Uh, 
Perfect. And then Allianz is a 45.5K stadium as well. They're both almost brand new. Um, for mine, I've got things to say about this, but we'll go to first Adam. Uh, and obviously, a cause 83.5, which is only drastic circumstances where we know there's going to be a crowd like an Eels versus Dogs or something. Where are you at with this one and, and playing these Sydney teams at either bigger stadiums or should they keep a, a suburban home game? Look, I... It's hard to say, but I, I want to say it should depend on who they're playing. Um, you know, like, but that, that's kind of unfair as well. Like, we know there'll be a lot of Warriors fans that want to obviously go to the Penrith game this week as well because the amount of Warriors fans that live in Sydney, Kiwis live in Sydney and Melbourne and things like that. But after the, I'll say it, the fuck around of last year, um, going that Parramatta-Penrith game, the fact that probably 40,000 fans were locked out of that game, um, we end up with a game played at Penrith where Parramatta fans got access to tickets at the same time anyway, and the crowd ended up being a 50-50 split. So there was no home ground advantage there for Penrith. Um, but what you found was, one, fans were locked out. Two, it took 40 minutes to get into the ground because there's two entrances into the ground or three entrances in the ground, and the people sitting in the grandstand had to walk via the hill and shuffle through. Like, I was actually dropping shoulders through the hill just to get through because people – it was that crowd on the hill because they probably oversold tickets to get as many in there as they could – so after the experience of last year, I'm all for it. Look, it's obviously easy for us, given the fact that as Parramatta fans, we know Combank's obviously always going to be one of the options. But if Parramatta were playing the Bulldogs or um, something like that, I would have no problem if they, you know, said a core stadium. So there's a pretty simple solution to this, I think. Um, and we know how useless Ticket Tech can be and the NRL can be, but tickets obviously go on sale on the Monday morning at 10 o'clock. Why not? We know when the games are scheduled, and look, let's be honest, next year they're probably going to be looking at that buy round by all the talk, the week off. Why can't you put a ticket waitlist? And anyone who wants to buy tickets, go on, waitlist. If they all of a sudden get 60,000 people for a Penrith, let's say it's Penrith versus Parramatta at Penrith or Parramatta versus a Combank, so let's play the game at a call. Now, you might lose ten or 1,000 people that go, I don't want to go to a call, I want to go to Penrith or whatever, but it's a very simple okay. solution around it. I know it's a bit of a fuck around, but people, if they're desperate to go, will get on. And people with experiences of missing out tickets, like it goes back to 2009. Remember Parramatta playing St. George, um, one verse eight, and Parramatta fans didn't actually get access to tickets at the same time then. Um, there was allocated tickets for us in certain bays, but there was a massive number of Parramatta fans there. But that was going to be 50 or 60,000 seats. If that was at uh, a core, if that was at the old Allianz, it would have mm. been 46,000. Massive. Instead, they played obviously at Cogra, and the debate's been going since then. Um, I personally think the points bet one's a joke, a massive joke. Yeah. Um, to have a 14,000 at uh, NRL finals game. A construction site. <laughs> well, it's a construction site. It's not site, even like, completed yet. There's cranes and everything there. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, and it, it's don't, just dumb. Don't they deserve to have it there, though? Because they finished be... higher? Don't they deserve the home advantage? This is the argument against. Like, you've, you've given a lots of mm. points in terms yeah. of getting more bums on seats and having that capacity there. But would you be happy if a Parramatta game was taken from Combank? To play at a bigger stadium, at a call, yeah, it wouldn't worry me. It's literally five minutes down the road. Uh, it really wouldn't worry me. Look, let's say we're playing the Roosters, and this is where the lies the issue this year, yeah, because obviously the Sharks are playing the Roosters, and the next closest big stadium is Allianz, the Roosters' home ground. Yeah. Um, but let's be honest, if they took that game to a core stadium, for example, they probably only get 25, 26 hours because Roosters fans don't turn up to week three. Cronulla fans are the same, but. The point is 14,000, 15,000 compared to the crowds that AFL are going to offer up this week. It makes us look like the yeah. less, obviously, you know, superior sport in a way there. Um, 
you know, and look, the atmosphere will be rocking at Cronulla like it was at Penrith last year, but still, there needs to be some changes made and the preset needs to be set for all teams. But do you run the risk of, you know, the regular season games that it's like Souths versus uh, Roosters or South versus Tigers? Tigers probably not a good um, example, but they play those at a core stadium. When we went and saw the Knights play, I know they're not a Sydney team, but we went and saw them play the Bulldogs. There was like 14 people there. So do you run the risk yeah, of having is... it at a big stadium and not getting the crowd? Well, they made that I mistake. Guess that waiting list is what you're saying. However, yeah, I don't know. they made this mistake I'd years ago. Be a full ground. There. Was it Manly versus Penrith mm. game? They moved to Allianz Stadium from Manly. Uh, Manly obviously has yeah. the ability to hold 18,000, They got thirteen thousand people there because yeah. Penrith fans didn't want to travel. Manly fans didn't know how to go across the bridge, and it just it was made a joke of it. And the Manly fans did that on purpose. Let's be honest; they don't give a shit how many fans are at the game. They care about the TV ratings. I yeah. care about the team. That's where the money comes from. 100%. But as a fan, I guess I don't have to worry about it because my team always attracts crowds. Um, and that's just being 100% honest. But like, I'd be pretty filthy, you know, if Parramatta playing Cronulla this week, for example. And knowing that we have access, we know Parramatta fans, half the crowd's going to be Parramatta for sure. Obviously, probably not on half because of the corporates and stuff. But, you know, it's obviously different for people like Canberra and Newcastle and stuff for sure. But yeah. I'm not a big fan. Let's say Newcastle had the chance to host a prelim. I'm not a big fan of that as well because we've seen when the Knights have played prelim finals back in the day at the old Allianz or SCG or you know, a core stadium, they'll travel. They'll get buses and they'll yeah. travel. So it should be about those yeah. We went and saw uh, we went and saw Danny Badiris get his head knocked off. We watched him play his last game. That was yeah. That was Paramount. No, that was Newcastle, um, Newcastle versus Roosters. Yep. Yeah. And half the crowd were Newcastle fans. You know. Yeah. And they were never going to win that game as well, and half the crowd still turned up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's a weird one because I feel like in a way this is where the NRL once again contradicts itself because we see next year we're taking two games over to Las Vegas. So if teams to are going to win so to grow the game, and people are whinging if we take a game ten kilometers different to where the actual original stadium would be, like. It's, it's just crazy to think this causes so much. I feel like if we're in a position now where we want to grow the game and we want to be this best product of what we can possibly be, it's a no-brainer. We've got two pretty much brand-new stadiums. Use them for the biggest occasions. I don't care what teams are in it. If it's a Sydney club, you just have to use it. I don't care if it's a team's home ground normally. Tough luck, tough titties. You've got to use it. You've got to promote your brand at the best venues, it's so, it's just crazy to think. Like it's like people who like you think about business owners. They're not going to rock up in a used Datsun bloody nineteen eighty five model. They rock up to their meetings in a nice bloody Ferrari or a Merc or something like that. That they're showing off their what they're worth and how good their product is. Now, if you can tell me, people who are sitting in Las Vegas now, they know that week one finals are starting. And then they sit there and watch the sharks versus the roosters, and there's some cranes in the background, and there's mesh up, and there's scaffolding and everything. Thirteen thousand there, yeah, it's going to be packed. Love it, but seriously, come on. The stadium. I think that's the only ground. Out, I think yeah. that's that's the only ground that's causing this issue is because it is under construction. I'd still see it's, Penrith, it's a shocking suburban ground, but like, I don't know. I would be filthy if the Knights game this weekend was moved to Sydney. Like I would, I would yeah. be because we deserve to have that home final. We get nearly thirty thousand there for a sellout. What does it hold? Thirty. You know where you thirty three. You know where you get 33. Yeah. 
But the thing you is, know where thing part is of this Newcastle. can be helped. Part of this can be helped because they, when the ticket sales go on sale, you go seventy to thirty percent split or something to the night, so it still feels has that home ground yes, feel I mean, yeah. to it. It doesn't yeah. matter. And then that way, together. I they're still think there's value in finishing higher and getting a home advantage. I, I get that. I get it for the travel and stuff. And Newcastle, like I said, it's different. It's regional, but the advantage Newcastle because they're playing Canberra this week. There'll still be a couple of thousand Canberra fans that will travel up. Um, they've of course, been two days, and be, I know a few that live around here that will be there. But Canberra drummer, shout out. Yeah, he'll be there. He's always he's everywhere. <laughs> he's everywhere. That boy doesn't shut up. He took a day off work to go to Corey Holsborough's um, judiciary hearing in Sydney. He asked for a day off work. He 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 shuts up in uh, week two of the finals last year, that's for sure. Anyway, um, (laughs) but let's say Parramatta played Newcastle this week in my dream world where it should have happened if we would have won enough games. Given the fact that both Parramatta and Newcastle fans would have been on there at 10 o'clock buying tickets and Parramatta have 30,000 members who are, you know, most of who would be paired to travel two hours up a lot to live on the Central Coast in this area. It wouldn't have been a 50-50 split once again, but it would have been pretty close too. And that's not an advantage to Newcastle. Like, you know, so they need, you're right, they need to change do Newcastle it. members get first dibs or do the Parramatta no. members as well? No. And Canberra got access to tickets at the same time as Newcastle. So it's, it's just members that get first dibs. Yeah, NRL competing yeah, sub-ticket right. members. Yeah, and yeah. Parramatta would have brought up a hell of a lot of people because there are lots that are in this area. It would have been, yeah. Like I said, we 50-50 split at Penrith last year. And that yeah, there nice. was the issue. If you, 43 minutes tickets sold out in last year for that week one game. Yeah. And there was thousands that missed out. So, uh, you know, after 43 and it's minutes. And versus Warriors as well at, at Blue Bet. Well, Parramatta versus Personally, the Warriors I think... the year. There was 7,000 Warriors I... fans there easily. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't have just a gripe with this with the Sharks game. I actually think the Pens game should be moved as well because there's – Warriors fans that come out of the woodwork, like there's no tomorrow this year. We've seen Warriors jerseys everywhere. There's a huge following of Warriors. Yeah, there's a huge following of Warriors supporters in Sydney. I've got no doubt if that, say, went to Combank, it'd be 30K sold out easily. I reckon if that went to Alley. Like, really? Well, that's what I'm saying. 8,000, maybe not Combank, but if you go to Allianz, I reckon you'd go close to selling out there as well. That's 45K. So. I think you'd get very, very close to selling that stadium out. And I just feel like we've got to a stage now where it's got to be the brand. And the NRL is actually in control of finals. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Um, it's actually the NRL's decision on where the games are actually played. So they could have easily turned around to Sharks and just said it's not good enough or Penrith and gone, we'll take it to the big stadiums. It's just cra- I just still think it's crazy to think we've got these two awesome stadiums that just aren't getting used for the big occasions, which is what they were made basically for. So yep. anyway, we could argue this until yeah, we we're in the face. Day, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a good talking point. There's yeah. plenty of what, people what, what, popping off in the comments as well. I want to quickly highlight is McDonald's Jones Stadium holds 33,000. I literally found out about a week and a half ago with those night sellouts of 29 or 28,000 over New South Wales Police will only allow Newcastle to sell 30,000 tickets now. So they're never going to break their crown record that was set oh. because apparently it's unsafe to be on the hill. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. Well, How crazy is that? It does get pretty packed. <clears throat> I don't, Let's I, talk I don't about think something it'll be too long before now. those grass hills get replaced by seats. But anyway. Replaced. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I hope not. A colossal like type feel. Yeah, it will. All right. Let's look into the finals a bit now before we get to some more awards uh, we're doing tonight. Uh, the player from each finals game 
that we think will just set the game on fire. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, who we think man or something will be. It's just the player we feel like you've got to watch because they're just going to be on fire that game and really turn it. So first one's obviously Broncos v uh, the Storm um, up there, Suncorp Stadium on the Friday night. Personally, I'm locking in Reese Walsh for this one. I uh, can't wait to watch him play. And I think he really can be the difference in this game as to the why the Broncos win. Um, Adam? Yeah, uh, I've got uh, my Can you just highlight sword. that comment, please? <laughs> I haven't flexed once. It's just a very tight jersey. Sorry, hang on. Did can, Matt can play on the give, weekend? Can you just give me a minute? Can you just give me a minute? Sorry. Just give me a minute. Did Matt play on the weekend? If so, congratulations, Matt. Um, I'll go then. I'll go whilst Adam's going to yeah, uh, go. apparently go and change into another Maitland jersey. Um, I have Payne Haas for the Broncos. I think he's really going to yeah. step it up this uh, this final series and, and really help. And also, I just didn't want to pick Walsh because everyone's going to pick Walsh. He's going to do something spectacular. I just want... I want a forward in there that's going to make step his um, put his mark on the game, and then I've got Munster for the Storm. I think he's going to come out of his shell finally and play to the the ability that we know he can, and I think he might turn it on this final series and assist Melbourne in going deep. Sorry, I just want to be a coward like Matt Sapola. Um Sorry, Matt, you bought that on yourself, eh? You actually bought that on yourself. I didn't even fit my head. How little was expecting that? I was not yeah. expecting that. That is, if you guys, you've got to watch this episode. We this need context, this is Adam. We need context. <laughs> so Matt here, um, who's been tough in the comments and just got off a three-day bender. Lucas's favourite player, Adam's son. Yeah, he is. Wears his headgear every game um, because he runs his mouth a little bit too much, and people want to punch him. So, and hit him with swinging arms. So, got to wear the headgear. And obviously, Lucas was at the game and. He's played with his head gear for, so Lucas was happy to go and Matt gave him the head gear after the grand final win. So look, Lucas hasn't taken it off, actually, so I just thought I'd wear it tonight. And, um, yeah, now I'm a coward <laughs> as well, mate. suit it. What about your, Bron- your Broncos v Storm player to look out for? My Broncos v Storm player to – I've actually got the Storm to win the game, um, interesting enough, Ooh. as I said. So, yeah, I had that predicted a long time ago that the Storm be my team. Um, <laughs> so – my player to watch, look, I find it interesting that they've obviously gone back to starting me and I thought the way Pappenhausen was there last week, but he's had a bit of a quiet year. So I'm like going to say that, Munster. Yeah. Oh, that was Jez's one. Look out. So you're, you're going to storm. Um, it's, actually really, it's actually really hot and really hard to wear, Matt. How do you wear that playing football? <laughs> Jez, who you got uh, to win this game? Um, I also have the storm to win. I just, I just back their system. I don't know. And I think the Broncos will get a loss out of the way and then probably go a little bit deeper. I've got the Bronx in this one. I just feel like they're, they're ready to do something in this competition. And I think the hoodoo will be broken. Uh, Adam Reynolds, Reese Walsh, masterclass. Next game, Penrith v. the Waz, the Warriors, whatever you want to call them. Uh, my player to watch in this one, Stephen Crichton. I think he steps up in the big games and always manages to do something quite skillful, gets an intercept in there as well. So backing for a, a try scorer as well. It's a big gamble responsibly though. And I'll go Penrith uh, to win this, but it'll be about a 1-12 to 12 game. we closer than a lot of people think. Jez? I've got Brian Toto, um, just an absolute workhorse, but you watch him earn another 50, 60 metres to his normal 300 that he gets. And I reckon he'll bag a couple of tries too. Just he does the hard yards out of out of their own end. And I also have Penrith to win. Adam, 
I've got a, he beat me to it, but Jerome Lewis, oh, yeah, wait, Henry's already said it in the comments, but yeah, he doesn't have work, doesn't have work on Friday or Saturday, whatever the game is, but um, <laughs> I, I couldn't help myself have a dig at him. Um, my player to watch in this game is actually Liam Martin. Um, I think he's had, like I said, another player's had a quiet year, but down. we'll stand up um, big time when it comes to game, but I'm going from the opposition. I think Penrith will win the game, um, just the crowd. I think the Warriors will be in it till probably about the 60th minute mark and Penrith will want to run away with it, like they did to us last year. But uh, I think Sean Johnson will put on a bit of a masterclass in that first half before Penrith come on too good. Don't put Liam Martin in your team of the year because you get torn to shreds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, special shout out for that, Jez. Actually, Jez, we're going to save that Who scored a try? Who scored a try? We're going to... We're going to save this till the end because you're, I'm going to give you the right of reply, the final say about your team of the year, which we have copped quite a few comments about and DMs as well, I'll let you know. Um, Sharks v. the Roosters, the first elimination game. So we'll call this the Bali Cup. One team will go straight to Bali after this one. Uh, um, Adam, who you got for this one and your play to look out for? Yeah, I've got the Roosters. Um, momentum's a funny thing. In football, um, I had the Roosters winning whoever they played this week if they finished eighth and played Newcastle as well. So I know, like Cronulla, like I said, they're kind of flat track bullies. Um, they haven't really, well, they beat one or two teams in the top eight this year, and those players have been teams have been struggling with players out and stuff like that. But I've got the Roosters. Obviously, you can't count Canberra on the weekend with a send off, but the Roosters, based on momentum, um, player to watch in that game. Um, I just generally say they're halves because I really feel like their halves played their best game of footy last week. They actually combine well. And look, looking back to the Roosters even last year, when Sam Walker burst on the scene and Kiri was out, it was all the pressure of how good is it going to be when Kiri get, get back? They're going to win the comp. But then Kiri come back and they seem to struggle with the balance issue for so long. They never seem to get the balance right of who was playing the dominant role. So I reckon... <laughs> I'm just going to say the halves in general because I think they've finally found that balance and that combination they've needed. Um, the best thing could happen for Sam Walker was Cooper Croc trying to ruin his career. Um, obviously, then had that injury and spent some time in New South Wales Cup and he's come back and mate, it was it put a smile on my face. And not many times you watch the Roosters games and get a smile on your face because I just felt so happy for the young kid. Jez? Yep, I've got um, Cam McInnes. I think he's going to break his tackle record that he set, which was, what, 80... How many, how many tackles did he make in that game? A lot. Had to read 83, down somewhere. 83, wasn't it? 83, I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, reckon he, I reckon he's going to beat it. Um, but they're going to lose. So the Roosters are to win, but um, Cam McInnes is going to beat his tackle record. Look out. That's a final. That's also a who cares game. Anyone. I've got... 84 <laughs> tackles. Had it written down. 84. There we go. I've got uh, Joey Manu. I think he's coming back from injury and he's been a real strike weapon for the Roosters this year, playing multiple positions. He's back in his the centre. Um, and I think while there's been pressure on players like Tedesco who haven't seemed to aim up and as Adam said, Luke Keery, I just think Joe Mann is there, always their reliable force who always can seem to come up with something. And one of those, again, those big game players who just seem to get to that extra level. I've got the Roosters to win this one as well. I think the Roosters will get this done. Now, the game... Obviously, Jez can't wait for. We'll wait. We'll keep him till last because we know who we'll go for. Uh, the Knights be the Raiders in the other Bali Cup. So who knows? Maybe Bradman Best might be thinking about going to Bali and his head's over there. We don't know. Um, he might be building look, some obviously, houses. Obviously, I just think that the Knights are on a, a juggernaut at the moment. They're so 
well drilled. I know Jez will come on and, and spruik it, but as a pe- person who's not a fan of the Knights, I just have to say how good they actually are to watch at the moment. Um, and obviously there's an older rivalry there, the Eels, so that doesn't always make, come out easy. Uh, it doesn't, isn't nice to say that, but just got to applaud them. Why is there a rivalry with the Knights? What happened? Yeah, let's not talk about a few. I don't remember it. Um, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. You still remember yeah, crying no, on the no. train home, Adam? You've told me Shut this up. story. I was 10. I think a lot of this, <laughs> most of this has come back off the uh, off the night's form is Kalen Ponga. So here's my player to watch. Obviously, just keep an eye on him. He's a superstar and he's just in rare form at the moment, which everything he does turns to gold and the Knights are going off the back of that. Adam? I've just looked at the Canberra team for the first time as I come here to predict Canberra and my player to watch was Jack White and who's playing in the centres. What have they done? What is Has Ricky lost the plot or what? Is he preparing for next year in a week, <laughs> one finals game? He's got Jack White in the centres uh, and he's moved Jared Croker to 18th man. Now, is that some gamesmanship or what? Are they play, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, my player to watch. Mind games no for a tougher run, No probably. <clears throat> Yeah, oh, they're struggling. My player to watch is Hudson Young um, against the Knights. Just the fact he's a Newcastle boy and got shit on by the Knights. He always comes and plays well against him. I don't think Canberra can beat him, though. Um, so my player to watch for the Knights is... Fuck, I don't even know. It's hard because my bold prediction is everything's gone peachy for the Knights for nine weeks, right? Mm. As I've said, they've been on that dream run where... They've won too many games in a row, in my opinion. I feel like they need to lose one. So the reason I want to tip Canberra is for that. And the reason I also want to tip Canberra is the fact of what Canberra did last year. They went to Melbourne last year in week one of the finals. They finished eighth. They beat fifth place. Um, If there's one coach that can get a team up for a game, it's Ricky Stewart. He puts it up on a board for them and puts their names up there and says, you'll be cut if you don't turn up this week. (laughs) But Uh, As a a projector. Projector, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But... I've just got this funny feeling and like I really don't care the way because I hate both teams. I don't like Ricky Stewart, but I've got this funny feeling that Canberra is somehow going to upset Newcastle because things just aren't going to go Newcastle's Ooh. way. I know. And my bold prediction is for Kalen Ponga to not finish the game because I reckon they'll come out and they'll put it on him. I reckon well, there'll be that's some That's how you beat the Knights. 100%. That's how you beat the Knights. Take him yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. And they'll try. They'll 100% I'm try. They're not going to lose. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. Even still with the the red and blue glasses on, I have the Knights to win. I also had Whiten and Young written down for my Raiders players to watch. Um, Whiten, because I think he has a point to prove, but then I saw he's playing in the center. So again, I did the same thing as Adam and went, oh, okay, he'll hardly touch the ball. He won't play play in the centers. There's no way he plays in the centers. And then I had Young down because I think he's still trying to prove himself after his pretty dismal origin um, efforts. And then coming up against the Knights, he always pulls it out. Always pulls it out, whether at home or away. For my Knights players to watch, I've actually got Dane Gagai. He has, he, it's like someone flipped him to Queensland mode. You know, the old, the old (laughs) Simpsons meme that used to go around, plays origin for Queensland. He's out of this world. And then, you know, why can't he do that for us? Oh, he's on Knights mode. That's why. I feel as though in the back end of his career, he's found a way to keep that switch on. Um, and I've also got to mention for Lockie Fitzgibbon coming back for this game. It's his last home game potentially. 
well, it will be because, yeah, it's his last home game before he goes off to Super League. And he has he's had a really fantastic season. So I think he's going to back that up in the final series. Can I make a, another little statement on this one? I've got a little same game multi for everyone. And it's funny because Jeremy mentioned a lot of these players. Oh. But a little same game. For, no, don't pick a winner. I've just got a same game multi. I've got Jamal Fogarty and Hudson Young to score at any time into Lachlan Fitzgibbon and Dom Young to score any time. All right. I haven't Not put bad. that on yet, but I've been, I've been thinking about it all day. I'll get your price while you talk, John. I was going to say, what's that paying? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll let him get into it. I'll <laughs> start introducing the next part of the show, which we'll try and get through quite quickly for everyone. I know there's a few questions in the comments as well. Keep them coming. We will get to them at the end of the show. Uh, our Player of the Year award for each team. So obviously we had our big awards not last week. And just off the back of that, and clubs are starting to get into it, we're just going to put down who our player of each club is. And it's literally going to be like last week, we'll just go around and, and say our player. Adam, This was hard, go, This was hard. It was. It was. I um sat there for, for a bit of time and a few of those clubs had to go through some of the lists quite extensively and, and work it out. So mm. it wasn't easy, but there's some... 121 180. Uh, 100, $121 for one. Um, power played for $140. So $5, you get $700. Oof. There we go. There's barley money. Off you go. Um, Give it a bad right, one. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So the Penrith Panthers first up. Um, player of the year for the Penrith Panthers. I'll go first. Dylan Edwards for mine uh, has been great all year, consistent as always, and unlucky to miss out on origin selection. That's how good his form was. So Dylan Edwards, um, I'll go to Jez next. Uh, Honourable mention to Edwards. I had Cleary just for his game management and because Andrew Johns called him the lead singer. So Nathan Cleary for mine. None of this backup singer rubbish. Adam? I've actually got Crichton. Um, I actually think a lot of the players have been disappointing this year and they somehow still managed to win games, which is scary come finals time. But I think Crichton's had one of his much more mature years, not looking for those hero players all the time. And defensively, he's gotten a lot better. Uh, Massively, he's got a lot better defensively. So... Stephen Crichton to play his last finals game this next four weeks because he's going to do finals. The Brisbane Broncos, Jez, you can go first. Carrigan. I think he's had a, a great season and his leadership has really stood up this year as well. So he's mine for the Broncos. Ads? Uh, Payne ass. Like, so I gave him the, obviously props last week for being player of the year. So look. Reese Walsh has obviously been outstanding. Reynolds had an outstanding year. Uh, obviously, Carrigan has as well. And Katani Staggs, they all have their you know, finished second. So they've all had good years. But I think without the work that Payne has does and the meters he makes out of trouble, and you know, that's first three, probably two out of the three runs in their good ball sets, he just sets them up perfectly for those players to be able to play footy. Yeah, it's the reason why I think they're going to be so dangerous in this finals competition. They've got so many players in really good form and have been throughout the year. But mine's Reese Walsh. I obviously gave him the award last year, last week for my player of the year. So I just think Reese Walsh has been on another planet this this season. Uh, the Melbourne Storm. Adam, you're first up for this one. Yeah. Your favourite player. Well, it's Harry Grant. Um, yeah. You know, I've bagged the bloke out that many times in his career. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, I think the smartest thing that they ever did, Melbourne, was get rid of Brendan Smith because it's taken a bit of laziness out of Harry Grant's game, um, expecting someone else to come on and do the job. And, yeah, he's just been outstanding. I want to give an honourable mention to Nick Meaney as well. Um, Wait, don't go. No, 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 that's mine. Get out of it. Well, honourable mention Nick Meaney for... <laughs> 
<laughs> mate, just the way he's played down there, he's been a reborn player down there. Um, and yeah, just you know, it's going to be harsh for him to probably miss out in final selection the next couple of weeks. So Pappenhausen flies this weekend. Yep, I'll keep mine nice and simple. I think Adam has summed it up. Harry Grant's mine. Jez. Oh, well, Adam touched on mine. It's Nick Meaney. And I've simply <laughs> got because he's just stepped up this season. And even with the threat of Pappenhausen coming back, he, um, he's been very consistent and he can kick a goal. So, you know, I, I favor my goal kickers <laughs> and Nick Meaney can slot him. We well, can't go and he's a junior. Yeah, yeah. yeah, get him back to the ninth. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, Joel, you, sorry, before we go further, Joel upset me today. I'm I'm in the middle of teaching yeah. my three four class, and he sends me a thing of, oh, if Ponga kicked his conversions, <laughs> the Knights would have finished top four. I know this, Joel. I know this. Can't we? If we would have, if we would have kicked our conversions in the first three weeks, four weeks, <laughs> we would have also made the eight. So I'm glad you didn't send that one through, Joel. <sighs> yeah. Well. Oh well. Anyway, it is what it is. Unlucky. You're still in the final. You can't be that that upset. Uh, Warriors, no. let's talk about the Warriors. I've got Sean Johnson, obviously, as mine, one of the best players of the competition, so it's hard to go past him, Jess. I had Sean Johnson. What a stellar season he's had. Sean Johnson, yeah. honourable mention, Slesniak. Absolutely, yeah. for that fantastic haircut. Now, the Newcastle Knights. So, Jez is first. So we good to hear what, what he has to say here. Don't take too long, Jez. Don't go on no, one of your I've... big massive Easy to say Ponga here, but I've gone Phoenix Crossland. Um, he's just taken his career to the next level. So he playing oh, in the middle, being called up. So I'm I'm going for Phoenix. He's done well. Uh, is that a bit of an up to all the haters out there as well? Yeah, well, I I wasn't Phoenix's biggest fan. No one, no uh, no one bagged him out for the Phoenix Crossland choice. I think one bloke bagged him out for the Phoenix no. Crossland. Yeah, it's true. No, it's all about, well, yeah. yeah. He slipped under the radar. Apparently, everyone others. loves Phoenix. Crossland. I said there, there was some DMs, but I didn't send you everything because I was like, "Hang on, I don't want to dent your confidence too much." <laughs> Adam, I, yes, last time you're gonna have to talk about the Knights. Last time you're gonna talk yeah. about the Knights this week, and oh, you hate doing it. Let us know your plan. We'll talk about their review of their lost game next week. But um, mine is actually Jackson Hastings. Look, the pressure of. Obviously, last year of coming back from the Super League with such expectations, the Tigers were obviously there was dramas there. But adding to that, the pressure of wearing the Newcastle number seven jersey, where Absolutely. they're really, you know, look at Jared Mullins' career. Like he started so well when he was younger. It's very similar to wearing the seven of the Parramatta jersey after Peter Sterling made it such a big thing back in the 80s. And the Knights really have never replaced, um, what's that bloke's name? Andrew Johns? Yeah, that guy. Uh, Andrew Johns and obviously what he did in that jersey. That so guy. the pressure of that. He's had it, like I know he's been out for a couple of weeks, but the way he got him through some of those games where it looked like he was the only one trying um, when Ponga was out, obviously with the head knocks, and you know he obviously had different five eight combinations there for quite a while as well. So um, yeah, Hastings is my player. Yeah, look, I'll, I'm going to do one of the honourable mention things at the moment. I'm going to say Tyson Gamble because I just think from someone who's on not much money at all and he's gone and he wasn't even first choice five eight as well. He just brought so much energy that guy, to, to this team. He is very, he is a pest, but he just something with him. He's just bringing this Knights team. He's the energy, and yep. it's, it's he's obviously he's on your team. It just works. Yeah, it works. If, for can't, if Newcastle get beat this week, there's a fair chance I'll probably get punched in the face by Gamble. Jeremy's gone again. <laughs> I'm still here. It's just yeah, my camera. Scored again. Um, look, my player of the year, even though he's only played 18 games, is Kalen Ponga. I just think. 
he's just single-handedly got the Knights uh, back up and just given them a newfound confidence. It's just hard to go past a player that for mine is in that sort of Tom Trebojevic sort of form that we've seen, dare I say, Jared Hain of 09 as well, Ben Barber for the Dogs. So those sorts of players, he's in that sort of um, form at the you moment. You mentioned some quality blokes, some yeah. quality blokes there, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Real Voldemort yeah. areas right there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Cronulla Sharks are next. Adam, take us away with the Sharks. Um, can we just touch on Michael's comment? If he can punch holes in me all he wants. It means I'll probably never have to work again and he'll probably <laughs> never play football again. It's all part of the plan. Um, Cronulla Sharks. Shit, eh? Probably didn't give much thought this team. It's definitely not Nico Hines. I think he's been average. And I think he's not a halfback. This um, one was a tricky one. It is Amen. a very tricky one. I want to say Braley or Nakora. Um, I think Nakora's yeah. been pretty solid there in the second row. But Braley, if you're watching the attacking league, he's, well, he's keeping Cameron McInnes at lock, isn't he? So... Um, shows how well the Braves. So I'm going to say Braley, and I really like Trindle as well um, since he was coming to the team. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say Britton Nakora. You mentioned him before. I think he's been not just one of the Sharks' best, but one of the best second roles in the comp as well. So really good player for New Zealand in the the upcoming tests as well. Uh, Mr. Webcam himself. Yeah, EOS webcam utility. Um, I've got McInnes, and this was a really tricky one because you look at the team and it's just like. Uh... You know what would go know. really well with and your nor current do I, camera? Nor do I care. Um, not the biggest you know sharks really well fan getting around. So, what? If you, did, if you did your Adam O'Brien voice right about now, this is perfect. <laughs> uh, oh, my Sharks player of the year is Cam McInnes. <laughs> and, you know, you probably think I'm crazy for saying this, but I actually think that he tries really hard every game. <laughs> and just the amount of tackles that he makes per game. No, nah, it's Cam McInnes. Come on. Yeah. That's perfect. I actually thought we had O'Brien yes. there. <laughs> Can't see him. Uh, Sydney Roosters are next. Uh, for mine, I've locked in Joey Manu for this one just because he's played multiple positions this year. He's been throwing at 5'8". He was told to be the answer really for him and had all the pressure on him. Fullback at times when Tedesco's not there and obviously centre as well. And I just think every time he's been there, whether – the Roosters are going well or not. He's always been one of those players that have stood up for him. And to be honest, Roosters are probably the hardest one I've found to do these awards for. I think there's been a lot of players that have been up and down this year or just not there at all. Uh, Jez? Uh, mine was Collins. Just he, he had a really great origin series and he, he has carried that over into club land as well. So Collins gets mine. He's just so consistent. And that's what I like in a player. Yeah. That's yeah. Let's be honest, the Roosters' season's only really gone for the last five weeks. So if we're going to base it off yeah. the last five weeks, their season's actually gone for. Uh, I'm going to say Billy Smith based on that for the five weeks. But over the season, Jeremy probably nailed it. The only person that really turned up every week and constantly put in was Lindsay Collins. Yep, exactly right. The Canberra Raiders now. Um, Matty Boy. Uh, sorry, Matty Boy, Jess. Canberra Raiders. Um, I've got Fogarty. I just think they're a far better team when he is on the field. And there's been a couple of games where he's really taken control. And I think it was early in the season when we played Canberra. When I found out that they didn't have Fogarty, I kind of breathed a sigh of relief. So Fogarty for mine, for the Raiders. Yeah, Matt, uh, Adam? Yeah, former Parramatta legend, um, one of the greats to ever not pull on the blue and gold jersey in Jamal Fogarty as well. Um, great signing. It's... The one that got away from us because we never gave an opportunity. But like Jeremy said, it's he set himself to one of the top halfbacks in the game. And the thing I like about him, he can play structured. 
and set up the team, but he's not afraid to take them on himself. Like you said, his kicks, like really aiming at the post, like John's used to do, um, and obviously getting a result off that several times. It's definitely a danger player to watch. Yeah, um, I think mine is Matt Tomoko uh, for the centre there for the Raiders, who I think's young gun comes through the ranks and really stood up this year and is really one of those strike centres to to look out for in the next couple of years and probably making uh, the Queensland Origin team in the next year or two as well. Uh, South Sydney, uh, a harder one to do as well. Jez, what do you got for – actually, I think we're at Adam now. Yeah, well, there's a bloke on their team. I don't know if you guys know this, but he used to be a beach sprinter. Um, yeah, he's not, <laughs> he does everything. He's not, he's not, I get, you know how many times you give me opportunities to get that in. He's not actually my player of the year um, for them. This is also a really hard one because I had some really big inconsistencies in their team as well. Um, honorable mention to Murray, but I'm going to say Carl Matani, um, consistently obviously turning up and being a pretty dangerous force there for him. Yeah, I'm going Campbell Graham as my one. Uh, I just think he was really good, especially early on in the year. We know that South have fallen away, so it's hard to judge the last probably month or so. Uh, but he was up there, should have been chosen again in the origin side, but injury sort of ruined that chance for him. But I thought he was really, really good, uh, especially early on in the year. Um, Jez, I think I did skip you actually, so South. Yeah, you did. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I had Cook just because he's so consistent. And that was another one where you had to really think about the players that they've had Um I liked Adams. That was a good shout. But, yeah, it's Damien Cook for mine because he's pretty good at running on, um, oh, what is it, crushed rock, sand, weathered over time. Yeah. Sand, thank yeah, you. Yeah, the thing near the yeah. ocean. What's it called, Joel? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a beach. Yeah, oh, what, do you, beach. what is it when you run really fast on the beach, Joel? Hey, yeah, I know. He's a beach sprinter. Let's move well, on. Oh, this oh, one. Yeah, that makes sense. No, nah, no yeah. idea. Yeah, makes right. sense. The, the, the Parramatta Reels are up now. Unfortunately, we have to do talk about him one more time, Adam. But uh, player of the year, we'll go back to Jez, who's just popped up again. How, hang on. Just marvel at this. This is my phone wire, wirelessly using its camera through my Mac. That's just blowing my mind. I'm a tech wizard. Um, where are we up to? <laughs> the tech the wizard eels. disappeared tech three wizard. times. <laughs> oh, the eels. The eels. Um I don't like any of them, but I like Mitchell Moses. And it's my reason, he's the only one I like. <laughs> Mitchell <laughs> Moses. Now, nah, just his kicking game. He's definitely he's someone that I'd would I would want on my team. And I spruiked it during um Origin series as well. Yeah, Mitch Moses. Ads. Yeah, look, honorable mentions to um Josh Hodson, um, Andrew Davey, and obviously Wonga Blake. I know they're some of Joel's favourites, so I thought I'd give honorable mentions to them. Look, it's hard to go past Gutho, um, which is strange because I I said I've obviously um, moving him away from fullback next year and moving to centres. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm going to go Gutho. Yeah, I'm Gutho as well. I think he was... Week in, week out, always there, putting the effort. Made may have made a few of those little cosy errors at times, but he, there was no uh, no one questioning his actual effort each and every week. Can we come back for a second and say, if Big Wurumu didn't get injured, I reckon he would have been close <laughs> to obviously taking that out because he was superb until he got injured. Adam's I main man. Uh, the the Cowboys, man. another one of those disappointing teams. Uh, I think we're at. Um, I think go back. Just go Jez again. Why not? He yeah, loves yeah, yeah. being first. I'm here. I, you can see me. Uh, I've gone Robson. Robson got his origin debut throughout the season, and I think he was pretty good in club, club land, and he also has the biggest chest I've ever seen. 
he filled out that Origin jersey. Standing side on, it was a dead set D cup. It was fantastic. Chess goals. Ads. I'm going to go drink water. Um, I think when they went on that run just to make, attempt to make the finals without pretty much playing finals football every week, um, he pretty much put him on his back and said, come with me, boys. So I thought it was superb. Same reasons I've given it to Drinky as well, and probably because he helped me get a couple of those same game multis as well. The old Drinky, <laughs> so I have a drink for Drinky. Uh, the Manly Sea Eagles um, ads, I think, right now. Yeah, ad. Yeah, DCA. Um, same thing. Carried him. You know, kicking game got him out of trouble several times. Um, definitely wasn't Schuster, so I had to go to Daly Evans. <laughs> Three in a row, going with you again, Adam. So I've gone DC as well. Great wine, sink One of his best years today. He's getting better with like a fine wine, better with age. It's like Johnson. There's just there's no pressure. Yeah. There's just no, no pressure on yeah. him. He's just out there enjoying footy. That's it. Yeah, he's done everything I, in the game. He was my honourable mention, um, but I also had Ruben Garrick down just for again goal kicking ability. That bloke doesn't seem to miss, and yeah, I just kind of like him. Every time he plays, I like watching him play, but. It's hard to go past DCE. Yeah, it certainly is. But let's just clarify, you have given it to Garrick, not DCE. Yeah, absolutely. Come at me in the comments. <laughs> I look forward to it. The the Dolphins, their first year up. Um, mine is the Hammer, Hammer, so Tabuai Fido, which I think, as I mentioned, there was a signing of the year for mine. And I think he's, anytime he's there and actually playing at fullback, where I think he should be, they just was like another a different team and a team that could have probably played finals if, if he was fullback for the whole year. Jez? Um, mine is Dwayne Bennett, Wayne's cousin. <laughs> Fins up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Nah. Jermaine Asako, uh, leading, he was leading try scorer for a while there. 24 tries, can finish him. Uh, so he's mine, but definitely Dwayne Bennett. He finished. At one point, he finished it. <laughs> he, just, he was top point scorer, <laughs> top try scorer. He got the double. Um, no, how many did Dom Young get? 23. Dom Young didn't get it. He got the record for Knights, not the NRL. Yeah. Oh, As we said Dom to Young you last week, the NRL Open is not just eyes, Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't wrong with him saying he got 24 tries. <laughs> I had the right number down. I just didn't look at the ladder. I don't care. Dwayne Bennett. Uh, it's not even a Zarko. Anyway, it's Dwayne Bennett that's won my player of the year for the, uh, for the Dolphins because he's a PR um, genius. He's great. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking yeah, for. There you go. And he goes to all the games. It's fantastic. He was at the Knights just doing his fins up to random people. It's fantastic. I think he's sponsored by Sportsbet, I'm pretty sure. Like, I think he's Certainly definitely is. His there. Yep. Uh, mine was actually Zarko with an honorable mention, the hammer. Um, just the fact that Zarko like finished with twenty four tries and two hundred yeah, he, he won points. Thing is that yeah he did first player <laughs> to finish top try scorer and top point scorer since Mal Meninga I think in was it ninety one. So long time yeah my lifetime yeah. yeah. So nice nice little stats there and um, the Gold Coast Titans Jez off you go. Uh, Campbell, he's just exciting to see when he runs the ball. I, I like watching him play with my honourable oh. mention to Foran. He broke hey, one on a second, hey. What? Hang on, Jaden Campbell is was either most of the year coming off the bench for fifteen minutes. <laughs> um, how does he get? Hang on, because hang this on. is my player that I like watching <laughs> for that team. All right. 
isn't this isn't this the the segment? You're coming at me. You can. You're you're the just, one in the comments, aren't you? You're the one in the comments just, under yeah, alias. He's got twenty five different profiles ready to go this week. That's right. Yeah. All, All right. Like now you have it. No worries. Good luck, Jaden Campbell. Well done. You won Jez's award, Adam. When uh, I'm just about to say on the whatever it is, the seventh, sixth of October, or. Whenever it is that Jeremy will be skating down King Street with Jacob Safidi, Phoenix Crosland on his shoulders on his skater, I want to be laughing all the haters in the comments. But um, mine, honourable mention, Dave Hafida for playing what I think one of his best years. But I can't go past four. Um, I know he missed a few games, but it just seems like these older players are just maturing. Foran's obviously had a bad run of injuries and some other concerns as well. But the way he came out and played this year, like, I think he made Fafida a better player. Yeah, and I look. It, it thanks to Andrew, he does uh, bring up the point. Jez, it's just when you make these outlandish statements, it really fills up the the DMs, which I love talking to the fans. Get ready for the Bulldogs but... one. Get ready for the Bulldogs one. Oh, seriously. Um, the, for mine, the Titans. I've gone Kieran Foran as well. It was close to get to name for feet of mine, but just especially on the weekend again, we've seen it. He just turn back the clock as we've seen Johnson and we've seen DCE do it. Um, Jez is all over the shop here. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think Foran's had a remarkable year. And I will mention to David Fafita, who I thought was really, really good. We spoke about that last week as well. The Bulldogs, Jez has said, watch out for the dogs. So let's go to Adam first. No, go to him first. I want to hear this. I, I actually really yeah. want to hear what he says. Reynolds. The comeback king. <laughs> that was the best thing ever. As if you weren't all hyped on him coming back to the Bulldogs. Oh, well, it was good to see him. I wasn't. In a dismal, in a dismal season where everything went wrong, that was, that was the best thing for me for the dogs. I can't, I can't have this on because I reckon me and Adam are going the same player, and there's no way you can have him in the same sentence for this award as the player Adam is about to name. Name him, Adam. Just let me put some context to you. Go on. Oh, really? Oh, no. I wasn't who I actually thought you were going to go. No. Oh, I went Preston. Oh, oh. Went... oh, yeah, Preston. There. Yeah, you're right. Preston was actually pretty good. Yeah. I went Avrilo for the Av- excitement created. I thought Preston actually dropped off at the back end of the year. Um, as I thought Avrilo was just consistently gave him a lot of opportunities in a team that struggled for opportunities. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, I've gone Preston. I thought his first debut year, remarkable performance, and especially in a dog's pack that was getting absolutely smashed. Week in, week out. So especially for um, that yes. rare thing that he is a Roosters junior. Very rare. Yeah. And, and really rare that he got to feature in Josh Reynolds' comeback game. So shout out for that one as well. And good work, Josh <laughs> Reynolds. Reynolds. Well done. Dragons <laughs> now, second last team. Uh we're almost done. Uh for mine, I've gone Ben Hunt. Uh just everything revolved around Ben Hunt this year. I don't think Dragons did too much good in any game. So yeah, Ben Hunt, Jez. Yeah, I've got no outlandish one for this one, so I've gone Ben Hunt as well. Uh, Adam? They're all shit besides him, weren't they? So I'm going to say Ben Hunt as well. With an Just think about mission. the adversity and the drama that was surrounded him um, in the middle of the season with all the contract talks, and then he came out week week in, week out, and was yeah, their best player. A lot of players wouldn't have stepped on the field, and he's just re-signed with them until the end of 2024. Well, anyway, there must be something good happening down there for a club. It's in all sorts. I want to give an honourable mention to Ravalawa. Um, he obviously had the run of injuries too. We didn't play as well, but we'll just see how the team, yeah, Andrew said as well. I just thought he consistently gave him something. In a, you put him on the back of 
a decent backline with decent halves, um, I think he'd be a really dangerous player. I'd have him at Parramatta over Steve, I will say that much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Tigers, Adam, your one last, last team. <laughs> Fuck. We're not Papa Lee. <laughs> um, obviously, Bull come on and was, you know, if we're going to go for the year, and I'm only going to give it to him based on the criticism he copped. Um, before Parramatta played the Tigers and Luke Brooks was under all sorts of pressure. And, you know, they started to play those probably two or three games where they went pretty well. And he thought, shit, they were actually starting to get a bit entertaining to watch here. I thought Luke Brooks actually turned up and played without pressure for quite a while. Then he got injured. So I'm going to give it to Brock, to Brooks, sorry, for turning around his Brock. season. Yeah. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> give it to Brock I, I actually think you'll, I think you'll, I think you'll flourish at Manly next year. With DCA, I think it'll be excellent. So do I. Of course he so will. Do I. Just got to get out of there. Jez. I've gone Bateman. Um, I don't particularly like him, but he was pretty consistent throughout the year. Um, but again, it was really hard to look at that team and pick someone. <laughs> Just yeah. a, they're an absolute basket case. They are. Uh, I've gone Happy Chorus here. Happy Chorus here for my. Put see. your coward cap back on. Lately. Sorry. Yeah. John. <laughs> I think he's been really good uh, for the West Tigers. Uh, quickly, just go through some questions here that uh, were brought up as as we were going, and one of the ones here just about obviously <laughs> talking about South Sydney. And the comment here from Ron Churchill. Uh, obviously, that was about. Uh, I was about to say Greg Inglis. It wasn't Greg Inglis. It was. Um, Got a mental blank. He helped me out, boys. Fullback Latrell Mitchell, obviously. And I think he came out and sort of said a few few harsh words what do you boys think about this and i think in more general terms that the criticism of latrell mitchell is it fair warranted like i don't know i feel like in a way uh adam you mentioned about this a couple of weeks ago um do you think the comments were fair so we're on a roller coaster here <laughs> on a roller coaster. can we go back for a second and change my tigers one and give it to alex 12 <laughs> just for scoring a yeah. try oh yeah <laughs> He got budget smugglers made in his honour. I know, I saw that. I'm going back. Um, look, Latrell, I don't know. Uh, I hate the bagging Yaddy Cops because I think he's such a good player to our game. But I don't know how to word it. There seems to be a real issue with that club at the moment with the coaching staff and with Latrell and some of the other players and not wanting to get the best in He's produced a lot of lazy efforts for the kind of money he's on. So I get why the comments were made in regards to that. That's I think, was the main point of him. But the best thing for Luttrell's career is to get him in some, into a position next year where he has to actually be involved more because fullback isn't working for him. We saw how good he was at the Roosters. I still think he's the best centre in the game. Um, I think he's the best centre in the game if he actually goes there. So, like, look, I yeah. found it pretty funny. The South come out and said they were going to, they weren't going to take the Clive Churchill medal when they weren't even going to play finals football, but there was no chance of making a grand final. But like I said, it's going to be an interesting year for Latrell next year. Um, he could either come out and fire and be one of the best players in the comp, or he could fade away, put no effort in. He's going to cop a lot of heat, and really, it could be the end of him in the game, to be honest, because um, I don't know how much more he can take of this constant media scrutiny. Yeah, hard to do. He might just slip away. He might just slip away. Yeah, he might have to. Like, and it's it's like I said, it's it's getting into a dangerous territory where we know he's had his concerns and stuff. Like, I'll tell you this much: I would not want to be playing in the Guru Knockout 
on grand, like it's on grand final weekend because Latrell will be lining up for someone he'll be out with a point to prove. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, just quickly, Andrew, just touch on your just the South did actually do something for Kyle Turner. It was it was great to see. Um, one thing I will say about that on the TV, you could hear there was only one or two of them, absolute palookas, absolute dickheads there shouting out and and making sure that they were heard during it, which I thought was absolutely disgusting. And there's always someone who does it. Just honestly, pull your heads in. It's just a joke. It's obviously something that was so close to that that club there and just be doing that. Just don't turn up to uh, a, a footy game again. You're not you're not welcome. You're not warranted, and just just no point to do it at all. I, but I've realised what. I want to highlight on that because what happens a lot of time with the ones at a course stadium. I've been there for minutes on to the course stadium, and it's why when Parramatta played their um, played their games there, they went to the minutes of applause instead of the minute silence. Yeah. When you walk into that ground, you are so far physically away from the ground. And it echoes like all buggery. A lot of that yelling out you could hear by the echo was actually coming from back behind the grandstand. So as people walked in, they may not know what was going on. Um, as Michael said, it kind of you know it doesn't happen at Anzac Day. The reason it doesn't happen at Anzac Day is because everyone gets in, obviously knowing the spectacle that's going to be what happens on. So that's one of the biggest issues that happens there. Um, I know for a fact that's why Paramount started doing that when they were there. Um, they went to that minutes of pause and just a better way to do it because. You can't control everyone. Obviously, you can't control kids. Um, says that someone who I was about to say owns a three-year-old has a three-year-old. Um, you know how hard they can be to control. Um, you know, I remember sitting there. I was watching the Maitland game at the wedding on Saturday before the wedding started, and I was worried there was a minute silence when the players, ex-players that passed. But I was worried my son was going to scream. Me. I don't know if he did. My brother can probably comment. But you know, I'm a much bigger fan of going for the minutes of pause to remember someone's life. I think kids are more accepted. Uh, though, like if you hear an adult male yelling out absolute garbage during that, then that's pretty frowned upon. But children, they don't probably have a full understanding of what is happening. So yeah. there is a little bit of leniency when it comes to children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, and just, I, I, look, don't, I like I don't the applause, though. I like I, the I just applause. Don't get, I don't get the point of an asylance. Like, what's achieved? Like, <laughs> it's, um, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> just child abuse. <clears throat> yeah. We don't con- yeah. we don't condone this behaviour on League of Inches, but boys, I realise what time it is. We do have to to get going. But Jez, as I said, I'm giving you the final word here. Last week we had our awards night. The post went up. Everyone's awards were out there, and the team of the year. I have never gotten so many DMs and and. <laughs> And throwback comments over some of your selections. So your, your DMs you are filling up some... like Kalen Bongers, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. I thought <laughs> I thought I was I thought I was in strife or something. I was like, holy shit! But it was just yeah. Jez's comment. It was just Jez's selection. <laughs> so what do you got to say to back yourself up, Jez? Um, it's good to be different. If we were all the same, the world would be pretty boring. So get that up here. No, it's all love. It's all love. I'm I'm sure they'll jump on in your DMs about my uh shoddy camera work. Look how sad my camera looks by the way. It just gave up on life. It's like, "Oh, <laughs> I fell over." Oh. Poor camera. Um, but no, Look, I, just, I don't I don't have to explain myself. They're my choices. Yeah, Get your own podcast hope, if you want your choices. I was hoping in the off season you actually do some research and realize the competition has 17 teams and not just one. So uh, that that'd be really good. But on that note, guys, thanks for listening. It's been a he's gone. He's gone. Oh, oh, right. Don't worry, Joel. The Knights will be irrelevant again next year anyway, hopefully. <laughs>
finals week. Enjoy. We'll be back next week to talk about, obviously, the semifinals week number two. Enjoy, guys.